Well, welcome to the X and Hilo podcast. My name's Eddie. Glad you guys are joining me. And I've got a guest today. This is Crystal Riccardi. She is a certified functional nutritionist and occupational therapist over in Washington State, where, where I am. And you can find her way to wellness.health. Crystal, thanks for being on with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun because we know each other personally. And you know, I am sort of a kind of a closet health and wellness sort of nerd. But, you know, I'm a pastor, so that kind of mm-hmm. takes the, the, you know, takes the cake. It's the thing that's at the front. But you, this is what you do for a living. So I think you're going to be able to actually um, give some real expert advice and not just my bro science. So I'm looking forward to it. Looks uh, good. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. Well, so first thing I want to talk about is people being a person of faith yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, people have so many varying opinions on you know, when it comes to health and wellness, particularly in Christianity, there's a sense in which, you know, there's not, the body isn't a high priority for people of faith. And it's like, I got to be spiritual and I've got to pray and maybe I'll do some fasting, but not like intermittent fasting for my body. It's more spiritual fasting. Why do you think physical health is not a high priority amongst people of faith? Yeah, I really believe that a lot of um, people of faith in general, like I, well, just to start out, like I grew up in a different faith. And so um, I grew up with this idea that you really need to work for your salvation. And so um, that's ingrained in a lot of us, not just that religion, but um, like currently just, I think people lose sight of um, just that we're saved by grace and um and faith alone and so it's um i think a lot of people just work 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 to try to kind of earn their salvation in a lot of ways or please god and they tend to forget about um their their bodies their health um they get very distracted and i've seen just in ministry alone a lot of pastors and pastors wives um burning out and really just kind of hitting rock bottom and that's because they've gone 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 and forgotten a lot about their health and um so i feel like we have to kind of shift our focus and recognize that um we've been given our bodies and we uh, need to be good stewards of our bodies and our health And um, so taking care of those bodies and uh, allows us to do ministry even better, connect with people even more and connect with God even more because those things um, that fail us in our body don't get in the way as much in that connection with God and with other people. So it takes a lot of reset, um, a lot of reframing and um, recognizing that yeah, God loves us. He's created us and we can celebrate that and share that with other people too. So. Yeah. You mean to tell me that I'm going to break down faster and burn out if I, if I don't eat well, how's that possible? I mean, I'm praying Absolutely. and mm-hmm. and I'm praying and I'm communicating with God. And what do you say to somebody that maybe thinks that as long as they're connecting with God and they're praying and they're going to church that, you know, it shouldn't really matter like what I eat, you know, Mm -hmm. the stomach is meant for food, food meant for stomach and God destroys both. Who cares? Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely think there needs to be a balance. I think people think that if you're into health, that that's your whole world and that's your God. And um, so just really encouraging people that there's a balance there. Uh, We, me and a couple other women um, do retreats for women in ministry. And we've been to a lot of other retreats of both men and women in ministry And um, we have decided to do these retreats looking at the emotional, spiritual, physical health and how they're related. Because um, in the Christian world, a lot of people uh, focus retreats on that spiritual aspect. Um, But a lot of people in ministry have these physical ailments, these physical um, break in their physical health that is limiting what they can do. And so helping people understand there's a balance that all of those health related things, uh, they don't need to become your God, but they do, um, as we focus on those things, we are actually honoring God in, in what we're doing instead of, you know, that becoming our God. And so I think, you know, helping people understand that balance and, um, in those retreats, even when we were with other pastors, they all came to me and said, my body is breaking down. I need help with my physical self. And I know that in turn, that's going to uh, positively affect the way that I connect with God and other people. And so I think it's, yeah, I eventually people understand that. But unfortunately, sometimes they get to a point where they have to understand it where they're at a point where they have to understand um, the the necessity to, you know, take care of your body. So, yeah. And it's, it's easy once you get a diagnosis or, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe you're dealing with a chronic disease or, you know, where you're, you know, you, where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. We could all acknowledge that. Yeah. Maybe I should have been taking care of my body. Maybe I should have been watching what I ate, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's getting out ahead of it uh, and making sure that you're, you're doing that like bodily maintenance and, I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are on like current state of healthcare in America and how much insurance plays a role in covering, you know, lots of these sort of, you know, when there's symptoms sort of things with, with prescriptions, as opposed to that preventative care, like what do you, what do you think you see um, in, in some of that discrepancy between what, what you do functional, well, functional health mm-hmm. um, versus like your typical white lab coat doctor sort yeah. of perspective? Yeah, um, I hope and pray that as um, people start to realize kind of that breakdown in conventional medicine, that they start turning more to being an advocate for their own health. And so, um, you know, a lot of people think that conventional medicine is the only route. And functional medicine is not some woo-woo, like, you know, energy healing, anything (laughs) like that. Um, Functional medicine really looks at how all the systems of the body are related. Um, We look at a patient on a timeline and look from even before they were born until current day and try to connect those symptoms with events in their life, um, their environmental toxins, just different things. So I think... um, like what I hope and pray for is that people could become more of their own advocates for their health and mm-hmm. start to investigate and know that they have um, control of their health. Like more and more, it's super um, 
well, not easy, but actually more difficult to go to a, just a general physician and feel like you have time that you've been listened to, that you've been heard, that you've been cared for, um, because insurance is only covering like, you know, 15 to 30 minute visit, maybe. And mm -hmm. insurance coverage is becoming less and less and lots and lots of con conventional medicine doctors are burning out. And so um, I've seen even in my program, when I went back to school to become a functional nutritionist, I was actually in the program with a lot of physicians, a lot of pediatricians, a lot of chiropractors, everyone wanting to learn functional medicine so that they could actually meet the needs of their patients and um, also just prevent burning out because you can only go so wow. long of seeing patient after patient after patient, you know, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes. And all you feel like you can do is just hand them a, a prescription because that's what that's what they want. They want to feel like you were able to do something for them. So they're mm -hmm. left with just writing that prescription and handing it to you. But um, really getting to like those root cause um, is what I hope will happen as people start to transition more and more into functional medicine. I love functional medicine. I see the value like, like no other. So, yeah. Do you think people look at it like a lot like a, for the for those who are less mechanically inclined, like a car, your check yeah. engine light goes on and you sort of put the piece of tape over the check engine light and then something happens and it breaks down. You take it to the mechanic, you say, just get the car running. Yeah. And and maybe people approach their their own healthcare like that, where it's like, okay, I'm just gonna put the sticker over the check engine light, but then something starts happening and so I gotta go in. Can you just get the car back running? Like fix this. Right this issue I'm having. And so you're saying, you know, advocate for yourself, like consider your health, your responsibility, and maybe not a doctor's responsibility. And like, let's see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Educating yourself, but also mm -hmm. as a practitioner, like I love to educate my patients so they know what to ask for, so they know what to look for, so that they can start preventing um, any disease that may happen in the long run, maybe because of genetics. Or, um, you know, I tell people it's really important to feel empowered that you can change what, you know, your genes say are going to happen to you. So, you know, a lot of people think, well, you know, my, my mom had a stroke or my mom had cardiovascular disease or my dad mm -hmm. um, had a heart attack. I'm, I'm doomed. Like, that's what I'm, yeah. that's what's going to happen to me. And I tell them like, no, like you don't have to turn that switch on to turn those genes on. And everything you do right now with lifestyle and diet and even caring for yourself spiritually is going to affect how that switch turns on or not. And so I get excited to to help people see that and that there's hope and there's preventative medicine. Like that's what that's what it needs to be. And unfortunately, yeah. our healthcare system is more of that triage and like first aid, like, you know, we, we have to do something. We get to that point where we just have to do something now and we, you know, aren't doing yeah. something way back. Right. So if you break your arm, that's great. You know, mm -hmm. thank goodness we have Absolutely. emergency room to go to and treat a broken arm, or mm -hmm. maybe you tear a ligament in your shoulder or your knee or something. It's fantastic. But if you say you have, you know, high blood pressure in your family and maybe history of heart attacks, and it's kind of like, what do you do until you have the heart attack? Um, 
later down the road, or maybe they give you something for cholesterol, like a statin drug or something to sort of manage that. But there's nothing beyond, hey, what might, might be those root causes? So I, I'd be curious to, th- to ask you, what, what do you think someone's listening to this? They've maybe they're a person of faith or not, but they're saying, you know, I, I do want to play more of a, a participatory role in my health. And I want to see a functional medicine doctor. Like, what am I looking for? In, mm-hmm. in the right functional medicine practitioner, uh, someone that could, a coach, somebody that can actually get me going in the right direction, because there's so many out there, right? Like what, yeah, what sort of things sure. should I be identifying? Yeah, there's a lot of people that um, aren't functional medicine certified or trained. Um, there's, if you want to find a good practitioner, there's um, ifm.org, which is a great database to look and see which um, physicians are um, trained in functional medicine, maybe even a nutritionist um, trained would be on there, a chiropractor, a dentist. Um, So functional medicine certification is, you know, a big deal. It's awesome. I would recommend that to any practitioner or even someone who wants to get into wellness. Like that's just looking at the whole person is so important. Um, there's integrative medicine that is a little bit different. Um, naturopaths are not necessarily, um, trained in functional medicine, but they're going to be, um, also looking at root cause and using different forms of, of treatment. Um, but so you do get kind of overwhelmed. Like you look at all of this and you're like, okay, who do I, who do I talk to? Um, you know, as a nutritionist, I usually will meet with someone and kind of look at all the systems of their body and and give them kind of a roadmap of this is where we go from, you know, this system breaking down. Um, I specialize in the gut. So we always go to the gut because the gut is kind of that second brain. It's kind of where everything happens. And so when there's breakdown in the gut, there's breakdown in the other systems. But I try to direct people of like, this is where the system is broken down. So this is what you can do nutritionally and with your lifestyle. If we need to run further tests, we can do further tests. Um, Now, at least like people have, you know, health savings accounts, they can use that for testing or insurance will cover some of it. And so I just try to direct people and give them connections to where even on their timeline, like when people start seeing connections between their symptoms Mm -hmm. and events in life this light bulb goes on and they're like, Oh, if we can get back to that point in their life of working on those things, um, then there's healing throughout, like, you know, from that journey on, you know, so it's kind of, it's really cool when those light bulbs go on and, and they make those connections. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that was kind of a long way around your answer, but Oh, I think it's a great, well, and I mean, we're at this weird spot in history where, you know, maybe just 20 years ago, it was really hard to find, get access to a, 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 you know, the type of person you wanted to see, a nutritionist, Mm -hmm. a practitioner, but now there's like this overabundance of all of these people online and some of them have TikTok accounts and it's like, who do I, how do I know? And so I think your answer is helpful. Like these are the sort of Uh things you want to be looking for. But I think the point you make is important. Be an advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. You're in charge of your health. You're only hurting yourself. You know, we used to say, we used to have a strength coach in, in football. I'd say, Hey, if you don't work out, if you don't do the exercise, you're only cheating yourself. You're not, you're not cheating me. 
you're just cheating yourself. And that, and that's true. We, we cheat ourselves by not putting that, that care in. And I can imagine, um, you know, doing what you do, seeing the progress and seeing the excitement on people to go, man, I, I actually feel better than I thought I might, you know, you know, a couple of days later or a couple of weeks, a couple of months into the program. Yeah. So that must be awesome to see. Oh yeah. It's super rewarding, but it's also really important to like remind people that they're individuals. And so I will like, God made us so unique. And if we are trying to like fit ourselves into this like box of, Hey, so-and-so on TikTok said this, or so-and-so on Instagram said this, yeah. You know, there's a lot of like biohackers, which they like, I love them. I'm a total nerd. So I love like listening to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like remembering that one size doesn't fit all, you know, you, uh, one diet is not good for everybody. If you hear someone say like, this is how you should eat and this is going to make all your problems go away and, and everybody should eat this way and there's no other way I would turn it off. <laughs> and be like, okay, let's think about that because yeah, you're genetically made so different and we're mm-hmm. all just unique individuals. And so people want a quick fix. So they want a quick answer of like, so-and-so that I listen to does this, I'm going to do this. It's like, right. beware, like be really cautious about that and know that you're an individual. So try to figure out like, what is your individual makeup that, and what kind of diet and lifestyle and, you know, would, would help you, um, yeah. move forward. Cause a lot of people waste a lot of time and a lot of money on a supplement they saw online or, right. or someone that they're following. So, yeah, <laughs> it's true. And every, you know, the, the N, the N equals one principle is so important. Mm-hmm. We're all unique. We're all made differently. Yeah. Um, we all have our own individual issues, predispositions, all those things. But, but what gets clicks on social media is the, outrageous claims that, you know, you should never eat X or you should only eat Y or only take the supplement. So people get really excited about it on either side of it. And so it gets engagement, but it can often be very confusing for a person that's like actually trying to do their work and get healthy. Yeah, that's so true. I'll get um, like links from Instagram from my uh, patients or my clients and they'll be like, I saw this on TikTok or I saw this on Instagram. Like, what do you think? And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, well, let's back <laughs> up. Like, okay, let's talk about this. Um, yeah, it worked for so-and-so, but remember what we talked about. Like, remember that you're at this stage in life. You're at, you know, mm-hmm. these things are going on. You're exposed to these different toxins, like, you know, all these different things that you are not the same person as as who you're, you know, following. So Exactly. Well, hey, I want let's drill down a little bit because you mentioned yeah. you know your specialists you you specialize in the gut. Mm-hmm. Want to talk about that a lot, the gut mm-hmm. and the brain and that combination. Your average person listening, you know, probably heard a little bit about drinking a kombucha or mm-hmm. you know maybe eating sauerkraut or something for some mm-hmm. some bio you know, some biodiversity or taking a probiotic. But well, really, like, what is why is the gut biome so important for overall health? Like, what what is that thing, especially for people? that, yeah. you know, are, are layman, but especially as it relates to the brain, why is it so mm-hmm. important? Yeah, for sure. Um, so we're, our microbiome, like we're made up of more bacteria than we are human cells. So there's a lot of like crosstalk that goes on between that bacteria and our brain. 
and um, it will tell us, hey, I want sugar. I want to grow. I want to, I want to multiply. I want, you know, so there's good bacteria and then there's, we'll just call it bad bacteria, but it's pathogenic bacteria. And these things kind of fight for a parking spot in your gut. And so if all your parking spots in your gut are taken up with this pathogenic bacteria that's caused a, a lot of times um, from eating sugar, eating, um, you know, processed foods, stress, like all these different things break down the gut and only leave room for this pathogenic bacteria to grow. So all of that, um, they call the gut the second brain. And so a lot of times, and not a lot of times, God made us so that our our neurotransmitters, the things that control our mood and the way we sleep and wake up and our our even our motivation and mm-hmm. joy, you know, more we'll say happiness than joy. But like yeah. that all um, is made in the gut. And so in even our hormones and our immune system is 80% in the gut. And so if we're not taking care of the gut, then there's breakdown in all these other systems. And kind of what got me into the gut and being so excited about the gut um, is working as an occupational therapist. I worked with um, people after traumatic brain injury and stroke and kids with autism and cerebral palsy and, you know, all these neurological issues. Um, And we realized that when these kids with autism ate, a nice whole clean diet without casein, which is in dairy and um, gluten, then their behavior started changing. And so there's just this strong connection. There's also a strong connection between mental health um, and the gut, of course. And so when there's breakdown in the gut, there's breakdown in the brain. And I would say, you know, 90% of the patients that I see have anxiety and depression. Um, it's just super common. Of course, that's um, circumstantial, environmental, all of that. But almost all of these people have breakdown in the gut. Wow. And so we know that they are strongly connected. So if we can heal the gut, we can heal the brain. And, um, you know, there's some big food triggers. There's There's a lot of triggers for breakdown in the gut. And so you'll hear the term like leaky gut. Yeah. Most Americans have a leaky gut. And so people will come to me and I'll be like, okay, you're showing all of these symptoms. They actually are all coming from the gut. So let's work on healing the gut so that you can, you know, your hormones can be more balanced. Your immune system can be more um, resilient and your brain can feel better. There won't be so much like fire, like so much inflammation. Inflammation is such a big thing. There's so many things in our environment that are causing inflammation and, um, you know, they're physical and also emotional, all these different toxins that are causing that breakdown in the gut. And then there's breakdown in the brain. So yeah, yeah, I mean, that's opening up a big old, yeah. I mean, the gut's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. I mean, to think about so many of the different neurological dysfunctions, I mean, even thinking, you know, I'd be curious to know your thoughts on, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia (laughs) and some of these different things, maybe traumatic brain injuries and how those might be, you know, remedied or helped or aided through, through, uh, um, you know, working on the gut. Mm 
But you yeah. mentioned leaky gut too. I mean, that's yeah. a, a really common problem, as you mentioned. What is leaky gut? Yeah. So your gut is made up of like these tight junctions, typically. So your gut is supposed to be this really nice enclosed system that nothing goes out and nothing comes in. Everything should happen just staying in the gut. Um, you absorb nutrients and you can utilize that. But um, with leaky gut, those tight junctions, they pull apart. And then a lot of the foods that you're eating, they're actually leaking out into the gut. So those oh proteins and different food particles, they leak out into the bloodstream and your immune system goes, oh no, like these are not supposed to be here. So we're going to develop armies to try to fight them off so that, um, you know, we can protect your body because they're foreign. They're not supposed to be there. So then your immune system gets super fatigued because it's really busy fighting off all these things that are leaking through the gut. And then also toxins can come in as well. And so, and then you stop like absorbing nutrients the way you need to. So a lot of people just have a lot of nutrient depletion um, and then causes changes in the brain too. So yeah, a lot of people have leaky gut. And even as you talk about like traumatic brain injury or post-concussion, like instantly, uh, the microbiome changes when you hit your head. So they've done studies to wow. show like it completely changes, like the minute you hit your head. And so we know that there's just a such a strong connection there. So decreasing some of that inflammation, um, there's a lot of cool research about, you know, post-concussion and um, how you can support the gut and support the brain post-concussion. So, wow. you know, as a football player, that's the whole um, concussion studies. and Big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very big deal. Yeah, lots, billions yeah. and billions of dollars on the line. Mm-hmm. As a result, a lot of the studies they're talking about here. But yeah. it sounds like it goes both ways, right? So mm-hmm. the, the gut can affect the brain and the brain with the, in the form of a TBI might affect the gut. Mm-hmm. When it comes yep. to the, the former, you know, what is it? Is it something people are eating that's generally causing leaky gut? Like yeah. what is causing yeah. this for so many Americans? Yeah, I mean, a lot of food additives, um, for sure, like food dyes, um, food color, you know, food coloring for sure is a big one. Um, But also any of those processed foods, sugar is a huge, I mean, when you talk about um, Alzheimer's, dementia, now the studies are saying if you make it to age 80, you have an 80% chance of developing Alzheimer's disease. And that is because of insulin resistance and um, issues with sugar. Our standard American diet has like a crazy amount of sugar in it. And they put it in everything. They put it in tomato sauce. I mean, you look and you're like, what? Why did this need sugar? Um, And I have my my clients go look at all their labels. Like it's pretty profound when they're like, wow. When I tell them like, you can handle about five grams of sugar. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Anything above that, your pancreas has to work that much harder to, you know, produce insulin. And you five, five grams, grams of sugar. Five grams is hard to hard to do. So we yeah. know that um, just that sugar is causing inflammation. It's causing. Uh, they're calling Alzheimer's more of like a type three diabetes now, mm-hmm. and um, that's what's causing you know all this huge uptick in in Alzheimer's dementia. So 
taking care of the gut, but taking care of what you're eating, decreasing inflammation, decreasing inflammation in the gut is going to decrease inflammation in the brain. So it's, wow. So yeah, it's pretty so, so diet related, it sounds so if so it's, it, it, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm hearing yeah. there's all these different dietary, you know, you've got these additives, you've got maybe yeah. all these different, you know, junk oils, but especially uh-huh. yeah. you have these sugars, like a, mm-hmm. just an overabundance of sugar, which yeah. triggers inflammation mm-hmm. and harms the gut biome and then triggers brain, brain issues, which yeah. maybe, you know, you could talk about whether or not it's brain inflammation, different things, yeah. but, yeah. um, you know, Dr. David, Perlmutter wrote that book, Brain Maker, and yep. you learning some of that, you, that connection is fascinating, but how the heck can an American get through just living their lives without eating, with only eating five grams of sugar? I mean, you pick up yeah. every little granola bar, every little snack yeah. thing, it's got five, 10, 40 grams of sugar in it. What, I know. what am I supposed to do as an American? Should I just it say whatever I'm going to get? steps at a time. Like I, I teach people yeah. like you have to just work through one thing at a time because it's super overwhelming. And when you go into a grocery store, even, you know, the food labels, they make it look so good. Like, you know, the food industry does such like they study the science. They study to know like when you eat this, it's going to light up this part of your brain and you're going to want more. And so, you know, people became more and more aware of like high fructose corn syrup. So they were like, okay, I won't eat it with high fructose corn syrup. Well, now it's just mass in different ways, but there's so many things that people are eating that their brain is turning on. It's doing the same thing as, you know, heroin. Like it's, it's crazy to see the brain light up. So I tell people like, you've got to take just small steps, pick one thing. And like, when you walk into a grocery store, just stay on the perimeter, like don't even go down the the aisles, you know, like eating (laughs) whole foods and eating um, diverse foods is a huge deal. So I tell people like pick five different vegetables and throughout the week and just try to incorporate those pick, you know, three to four different types of protein. These are your, this is kind of your equation. Like here's your four different kinds of proteins. Here's all of your colorful vegetables Now put them together one by one and you've got like 20 different meals. So it's just trying to like make those combinations of thinking, how did God make this food and keep it that way instead of now the food industry has just, you know, changed everything, genetically modified things. So go back to how did this grow? How did this, you know, could I go out and I tell people too, like if you do look at a label and you can't make it with the, if you couldn't remake what's in that box or can or packaging, um, by looking at the ingredients, then you probably shouldn't eat it. Um, that's, that's great advice. Yeah. So So, it's hard. So I can't go to, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. I was going to say, you can't go to your cabinet and get your, you know, red 40 out and Mm -hmm. your, you know, expeller pressed, you know, canola oil with hydrogenated whatever, and Uh sort of get your chemist set and yeah, create, yeah. recreate the, the snack, then you probably mm-hmm. don't eat it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's changing. The food is becoming, you know, uh, you know, this term Franken food, it doesn't, it's mm-hmm. not real food. And so back to the gut, like our body and our immune system is not recognizing this food as something that's supposed to be in our body. 
So our immune system keeps attacking all these genetically modified foods because they're, it's like eating plastic. And so your body's like, oh, hello, that's not supposed to be here. We better get busy making right. all these antibodies. And so I see it all the time. This autoimmune disease is just, it's skyrocketing too, because pretty soon your body starts recognizing your own proteins as something that are foreign um, because of all of these foods that are not recognizable by our mm. immune system. So it's taking a toll on society for sure. People are becoming much more sick, um, but they're trying, like they're trying. So one of the things that, you know, the government is trying to do or the FDA is like, let's put um, nutrients back into things that we took out of by genetically mm. modifying. So um, this will get me on a big soapbox. But so what they do is they they take out, um, well, the seed is genetically modified. So it no longer has a lot of like folate in it. So let's just say like corn, wheat, you know, all the grains that are genetically modified. Um, They've modified them. They no longer have the folate that we need, other nutrients. Um, So they, they fortify them and they put it back in. But what they do is they put back in a chemically derived form of that nutrient. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us have a genetic modification or a a mutation that cannot handle that. And so it causes all kinds of problems with um, the way we process nutrients. And then it also causes problems with cardiovascular disease and also uh, mental health. So I educate a lot of my patients about this specific genetic mutation that 50% of the population has. So there's a lot of harm being done by changing the seed and changing foods and to make them more resilient um, so they can mass grow them and they can, you know, withstand weather and, and then spray them (laughs) with chemicals. So it's a big deal. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. it doesn't sound to me like any of that whole process is designed for the consumer to in, to be healthy. It sounds no. like all of that is mostly done for economic reasons. Mm-hmm. Would that be fair? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just the access to food is such a big mm-hmm. thing too. You know, it's nice that now like at farmer's markets, they're taking like SNAP, they're taking, you know, food stamp type um tokens and all of that like i love that but i not sure that the education's there to be able to you know create even more access to those types of foods that yeah i should the you know people who are on snap or you know food stamp type things then they're really missing out and it's not fair <laughs> so yeah yeah that's too bad and that's really mm-hmm. sad it's really mm-hmm. sad and when you, you know, entrust your, or like, again, it goes back to advocation and it goes back to yeah. doing your own research and taking, taking ownership over your own health. Mm-hmm. But when we outsource the, the, our, for our entire lives, we outsource our care to, you know, the yeah. government or to um, just the system itself, we're kind of left being sick and frustrated and underperforming for you know, our whole lives and all of this. And it really does go back to yeah. this, this, you know, you know, the, again, the going back to the gut and the brain, um, you know, that big connect, that's a huge connection for all of us. Mm -hmm. And this idea that, Hey, what we're consuming is affecting not just our physical bodies, but even the way we think and feel that's, it's so it's tragic. 
in so many ways. Yeah. yeah. And to be like productive in your day or to make connections with other, you know, people in your community, or if you have community, like making those connections that it's so like when your immune system is affected and when your gut's affected, it limits you from being around other people and like seeking out that connection. And so you see it all the time. It's just this vicious cycle, just like, you know, chronic pain, like you're in pain and then you, you're depressed and you're depressed because you're in pain and you can't get out and be a part of community and you're just super right. limited. And so all these things aren't just affecting our physical health. They're for sure affecting our emotional and relational health too. And we're just seeing it more and more. Um, just people are just more and more isolated and we need each other. That's and that's right. how God designed us to just be in community. So it's so it's bizarre. It's almost as if this whole system's intelligently designed and that food and community and performance are all interrelated. And mm -hmm. as if like there was some divine transcendent force that's like making all this I together. Know. It's weird. It's amazing. Do you want to ask? It? it is. It's yeah. it is amazing. It's beyond comprehension for us, mm -hmm. right? We we see things in in giant vats or like segments. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is my physical body. This yeah. is my brain. This is how I think. These are my relationships. This is mm -hmm. my emotional health. But it's just not that mm -hmm. simple. Yeah, they can't they can't exist by themselves. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's just cool. I think it is. It's really cool to see people come to those realizations. Um, maybe they don't know God. But as they start to like uncover these things and be seen and be known and be heard, they start to realize like, wow, like there's someone that really cares about me. And, mm -hmm. um, and they, it's like, it just turns them to who their creator is. And even in food, like that's why I love, um, I'm a total foodie. I love going to farmer's markets. I love going to restaurants. You know, I love to find healthy food. And, um, it just amazes me. Like it all points back to God of like, he allowed things to grow at certain seasons so that they could bring different, like energy to us too. Like it's yeah. pretty cool. You know, in the spring things grow up, up high and there's lots of colors. And that's when in the spring we're like, okay, let's go. Let's, you know, let's get out. And especially here in the Pacific Northwest, but Mm -hmm, he designed sure. those foods to have certain nutrients at certain times. And then in the winter, all these foods that grow in the ground and they actually like ground us and kind of, we just kind of not so much like hole in, but we're just like resting and, and calming. And then yeah. as soon as spring comes and just that all the different colors and all the different um, just intricacies of food, I, I just think it just points Crazy. to that. pretty cool. I wonder how much there is too about what we don't know, you know, even when it comes to, you know, some of the, the, the colors of mm -hmm. the vegetables and some of those things, you know, you talk about those like phytonutrients, all these like yeah, little things. Yeah. I wonder how much there is to still under, uncover oh, yeah. about food. But I do want to ask you one more thing about the gut before I yeah. forget. Yeah. What, what do you think about antibiotics? Should we, um, should we take them? Should we not take them? Yeah. What do I they think, do? To, what do they do to the gut? Yeah. Um, I think there's, specific reasons why you should take antibiotics. Um, but for the most part, I think they're definitely overprescribed. We're seeing working in hospitals, working in healthcare, home health, um, you're, we just see more and more of these 
antibiotic resistant bacteria that are mutating and causing all of these issues. And it's because we use antibiotics, even in, you know, our antimicrobials, like all of these things that are trying to keep us healthy. So everybody, you know, walks in somewhere and puts on their, their hand sanitizer and they're feeling good and, you know, um, spraying everything right. down and getting their wipes. And I just think that's being, it's, detrimental to mm. just our immune system being able to tolerate certain things. So then add antibiotics onto that. Um, those antibiotics are killing off the, the good bacteria. They're killing off the bad bacteria, but they're also killing off the good bacteria. And over time, uh, you just, you'll see leaky gut because there's no longer a balance between that, the good and the bad bacteria. So there's this dysbiosis. It's just an imbalance that's causing the gut to leak. So, um, yeah, we see, we see all kinds of issues with that, but it's not only in taking an antibiotic, it's in all the sprays and all the cleaners and everywhere that, um, it's that whole hygiene hypothesis that we're just too clean. We don't even know how to handle things like germs um, and we're not priming our, our immune system. So we're, wow. we're weak. We have weak immune systems as, as a culture yeah. because we're super clean. We try to be. <clears throat> wow. Well, my son will be really happy to hear that. I don't think yeah. he likes to take, take showers or baths or anything. So no, but seriously, <laughs> when you think about it, uh -huh. You're hearing about, you know, antibiotics uh, in animals, um, yeah. hormones, uh, but also mm -hmm. like glyphosate, you know, the Roundup crops, the stuff that's happened to the soil. There's yes. so much happening here that, you know, and I was, I was reading, you know, how how the soil quality in the United States is just destroyed yeah. because yeah. of some of this stuff and how we're not getting some of these essential nutrients anymore. Um, and the, this, the hygiene hypothesis, that's mm -hmm. unbelievable. And, and yeah. I think, I can't remember who said it, but it was... You know, you talk about overprescribing antibiotics. Someone was saying something like, "Well, you know, if you don't take an antibiotic, you'll be sick for a week. But if you do take them, well, you'll get healthy in about seven days." And I just thought that was funny because it's like not that big of a difference if you get the flu or you know get a cold and you're yeah. you know respiratory cold and you're taking antibiotics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. I I am congested right now because I joke because new gym, new germs. I'm like, okay, well, I, I've been exposed to the same germs, same people for a long time. I'm at a new place, a new gym, and I'm like, okay, here's some new germs. Let's let's try it out. Let's prime my immune system. And and then I get a cold, but I'm like, oh, well, um, I'm not taking antibiotics because I don't feel like I absolutely need to. So I'm just, you know, I take all my things. People laugh at me because I'm spraying my throat with B-propolis and taking my quercetin and zinc and, you know, and right. I'll get there. So yeah, I yeah. think antibiotics are definitely causing issues and glyphosate. I mean, glyphosate's a huge thing. It really is. Yeah. You see a lot more people, you know, we, people like to joke like this whole gluten-free thing where people are like, oh, you eat gluten-free, you know, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, well, um, it's not always the, the gluten, it's, a lot of times the glyphosate that's being sprayed on these crops that are causing the issues. And so um, it's hard to distinguish because we see people or I see people all the time. And I'm sure you've heard of people that go to other countries and they eat all the gluten and they're like, yes, this is awesome. And they don't have any problems at all. Yeah. And then they come back to the States 
and they, they try it and they're, they're wrecked. So, um, yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah. It's not just gluten itself necessarily. It Mm -hmm. may be, but also just the way the wheat has been treated over the course of its Mm -hmm. life. You know, you talk about Franken food, you talk about grain falls into that. Um, in so many different ways in the United States, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's fascinating to think about the the unique challenge it is to just be an American and fight through some of this. Well, when it comes to antibiotics, there are, there are good reasons to take antibiotics at times. It's not as if you should just avoid it because it maybe hurts your gut. I mean, there could be, you could be really sick and you might need it. And so I, I, I've, I've seen some, some of the stuff online and listening to podcasts, people say, I'll never take an antibiotic. Well, feels like there's probably some good reasons to take one at times. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, a lot of times babies, they'll, you know, keep getting ear infections and, and they start out um, with a lot of insult to their gut because they're given antibiotic after antibiotic. And so um, we start out, I mean, it's so fascinating to see even a baby is, you know, born with a sterile gut. And it gets all of its bacteria from its mom as it comes through the birth canal. And so more and more um, babies are being delivered C-section because it's mm-hmm. less, you know, malpractice, like, you know, less issues. They're just like, let's, let's just, you know, take the baby out. And right. they miss out on that. But now doctors are getting smarter in hospitals of like swabbing the baby with some good bacteria. But then, you know, we start our lives with these, you know, a lot of C-section babies have a lot more issues with eczema Mm. and autism and leaky gut and all these things because they miss out on that. So, and then we give them antibiotics for everything. I mean, there's definitely reasons to take those, but they are overprescribed even as you're developing your microbiome. And so then Mm -hmm. you get later on in life and you're like, oh, oh man, I actually have, I don't have a very diverse, you know, amount of bacteria in my gut because of all the things that I experienced when I was younger. So it's that's, pretty fascinating. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So what can someone do? You know, I know there's, everyone's different, but <clears throat> yeah. is there, is there a few things, any, the few things that maybe most people can do to sort of get some of that repopulation of the gut biome mm-hmm. back going after maybe a round of antibiotics or maybe chronic yeah. use of, of antibiotics over their life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I tell people like diverse foods feed diverse bacteria in the gut. So if you find something you love to eat, say you're a chicken and rice guy, you're like, whatever, or I'm a, I love my steak and my potatoes or, and you don't eat any vegetables, like you're only feeding certain bacteria in your gut when you eat Mm. those. So it is really important, even as you think of like meal prep or whatever, to diversify. So like I said, pick a few different proteins, pick a whole bunch of different colors of vegetables. And then if you eat the grains, then you eat diverse grains because everything, every different food feeds a different bacteria. So it is really important to eat diversely. Um, It's also like, yes, Kombucha is good, but it's not good for everybody. So that's something to think about um, because it does feed some bacteria that can cause issues. Um, but for the most part, it's good, but there's a lot of sugar in a lot of kombuchas. Yeah, um, right. And probiotics, like people 
uh, get really crazy about probiotics and they'll, they go and they just grab a, you know, it says it has so many billion strains. I'm going to take it. <laughs> and it's really important to look at probiotics as you need a very specific strain of a probiotic to um, remediate a very specific issue. And so mm-hmm. if you're just taking probiotics, they're actually not going to do much. It's actually a lot of a waste of your money because you can't make stuff grow that's not there. So mm-hmm. if you just took a bunch of probiotics, it might help you for the short term, but it's not going to help you for the long term. So getting back to like the root cause and figure out what's going on. You know, a lot of people come to me and say, I have IBS. I'm like, well, that's actually not even a thing really. So let's try to figure out like what's causing your irritable, irritable bowel. So like getting more to like the root cause of something. Um, Mm -hmm. IBS is just a term that, that doctors use when they can't figure out what's going on or yeah, someone just has an irritable bowel. That's reassuring. Yeah. So (laughs) it is important to kind of figure out like, why do you have that upset? Why do you, you know, is it stress? Is it the food you're eating? Is it um, hormone imbalance? Like what, yeah, what's going on? So, um, but eat diverse and eat whole foods and, you know, cut down on the sugar and. Definitely. And what a great place to start, right? It's very simple. Mm-hmm. It's eat food as close to the way God made it as you can, yeah. especially around mm-hmm. that, like you mentioned, on the out perimeter of the grocery store. And yeah. things like I and talk about an example of like a conglomerate, like these kombucha drinks that have, you know, 25 grams of sugar in them, where they're like preying off of people that have heard that kombucha has, you know, some probiotics in it. And then they're yeah. now they're drinking 25 grams protein or uh, protein of uh, sugar two or three times a day. And Totally. Yeah. Yeah. They think they're doing something and then they come up with the prebiotic sodas. So they're like, oh, we're going to put some prebiotic because we do know that we need to feed the bacteria that's already there. Right. And prebiotics are the food for the bacteria. Mm -hmm. But that would better come from like onions and garlic and asparagus and like those kinds of fibrous foods, that's what's going to feed the bacteria right. instead of taking a prebiotic soda or like drinking a prebiotic soda. Like, oh, yes. this is good. <laughs> like, yeah. Talk about cutting. Yeah, good. Talk about cutting off your nose to save your face, you know, like, oh, just yeah. get some gut, some prebiotic fuel in my body with mm-hmm. 20 grams of sugar and yeah. cause another issue. Um, I know. You know, I, know. I, I had sure. a, right, right. And I, I had a certain, I don't want to say, but I had a certain family member, let's say, in a theory, in a vacuum, mm-hmm. that used to get stomach aches and they're a little older. And so they heard that probiotics were good. So every time they had a stomach ache, they just took a handful of probiotic pills as if that would do anything to help their stomach feel better. Uh huh. But like, what, what's the point of that? So, yeah. <laughs> um, Did you hear All right. That? One more. <laughs> what's that? Did you hear that? Was it no, weird... what happened? Okay, okay, sorry. You get something okay. in your headphones? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Is that from me? No, I think something was coming through on my phone. So I was like, wait, you're not hearing that, are you? That's funny. <laughs> no, I didn't <laughs> okay. hear anything now. Okay. Uh, technology, right? Yeah. So I, I want to do one more thing before, we, mm-hmm. before we're done here. Um, there's all, we talked about it, but there's all these sorts of different diets, especially mm-hmm. they pop up on social media. And I wanted to run some of through some of like your typical what you see on TV, 
and on social media diets. And I just want to get your, you know, your, your opinion on them, what you think of them in general. I know that some diets work for some people and not others. I get all that, but just what you think of them. So I want to go through a couple of like the, the more notable ones. And the first one I'll start with is a vegan diet. What do you, what would you say to somebody, you know, you know, should I try the vegan diet? What would you say to that? I would say, um, why? Yeah, I would always, I'd always ask someone, why, why do you, you know, why do you want to do this? Um, what are your goals even for like, um, in the gym of building muscle, um, your performance goals, your, you know, weight goals, like all these different things. And how's your mental health? Because vegan diets, um, a lot of people, miss out on some essential nutrients. And so you really have to be careful with vegan and vegetarian diets because Mm. your B vitamins too, those come a lot from animal protein or fish. So um, a lot of vegans and vegetarians are deficient in B vitamins. So it's really important to supplement and it's really important not to be a junk food vegan or a junk food vegetarian. Because there's a lot of processed foods that I kind of laugh and no offense to people who are vegetarians or vegans, but it's like, look at the labels because they're trying really hard to make vegetables into something that's more like uh, animal based. So it's just funny because they're like, we're going to take all these, all these vegetables or all of these plants and make them into a rack of ribs. (laughs) like make them into a sausage or you know like all these different things that I just like just eat vegetables just eat your good fats just eat you know and if you're gonna do that great and there's a lot of you know moral reasons people don't you know ethical reasons that they're like I I don't want to eat meat and that's totally fine so figure out how you can supplement with some good nutrients and stay on track of eating whole foods because there's a lot of junk food out there for vegetarians and vegans. So if I eat Skittles for breakfast and Lay's potato chips for lunch yeah. and root beer for, for dinner, that's vegan. Yeah, sure is. So, so, so yeah. it's not just that you can be <laughs> vegan. It's like, it's probably some, probably some boundaries. What about like beyond burger meat? Oh what, my do you, goodness. what do you think of that? It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just I just think it's so funny. Like why Um, people have like that desire to eat to eat meat. But yeah, you know, so I just think it's kind of ironic. It's funny and super processed and has. Yeah, so many like these different chemicals, additives in it. It's just I don't think it's a good idea. But (laughs) yeah, sure. Of course. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's move to the next diet. Yeah. Uh, Keto. Pros and cons, eating ketogenic diet. Yeah. um, So there's some really good keto diets. I love um, Sarah Gottfried. She is a doctor Mm -hmm. of functional medicine. Um, She focuses on a keto type diet. That's a lot like all of your, um, all of your food is coming from whole sources and you don't eat dairy. Um, only like maybe a little bit of Parmesan cheese or goat cheese. Um, but you know, typical mainstream keto is let's have, um, cream cheese in everything. Let's eat a lot of bacon. Let's put 
half and half or whole cream and in stuff, um, trying to increase that fat level, of course, so that you start to burn fat for fuel. Um, and I think people get pretty unhealthy doing that because you can only stay on that diet for so long. Um, uh-huh. and also performance wise, like, is that the best diet for you when you're, you know, working out hard? Um, some would say yes, and some would say no, but it's also super helpful. A healthy keto is super helpful for balancing hormones. So I work with okay. a lot of men and women in mid forties that, you know, they're either in perimenopause or men with low testosterone. Like it's, it is important to, balance your blood glucose and that's what it's about like looking at your blood glucose and the ketones um so there's a lot of good things about keto if it's done right and for a short period of time so the the dirty keto thing that like your 20 year old gym bro does where he's Mm -hmm. eating cream cheese and uh you know just mostly cheese and like hot dogs from costco Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the cheese off of pizza and he just goes this is keto you know it's you know, it's probably good. So you're saying that's not healthy? No. Oh, no. No, it's that's not. So and when you're in your 20s, you think you can eat like that. So you're like, yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to I'm just gonna try yeah. this. And then you become 40 and you're like, oh, no, what did I do? <laughs> I've made a grave mistake. Yeah. Dirty keto. For a while. And it does, it's amazing how well it works for people. They'll drop weight mm-hmm. quickly. But they'll also, as soon as they come off of certain diets, they'll just gain it right back. And you know what? Toxins Uh love fat. And so they Mm -hmm. hang out in fat. And when you lose weight quickly, all those toxins are released into your bloodstream. And if you're not equipped to manage those toxins, you'll become even more toxic. And so you just gain Uh the weight back. So I always tell people, like, be careful of those quick the diets where you quickly lose weight, it's actually not healthy to quickly lose weight, um, especially if you don't have a good detox system. So that's yeah. good. That's great yeah. wisdom because keto is becoming really popular. And like you mentioned, there are, there are some good uses for it. Maybe there's mm-hmm. certain times to use it. I mean, Dominic Diagostino, he just, mm-hmm. you know, cancer, talking yeah. about killing cancer mm-hmm. with ketogenic diets. There's yes. a lot of good research around mm-hmm. that. And so, absolutely, but it's, but it's like, are you equipped to know what are the right types of food? And certainly this sort of diet junk food keto is probably Mm -hmm. not the way to go in the same way. Junk food, vegan diet doesn't necessarily work. Yeah. Regardless, like watch what you're eating. Like what, yeah. yeah, What kind of nutrient value is in the food that you're eating and Mm -hmm. is it in its original form? And yeah, no, keto is really helpful for kids and adults who have seizures. Like there's there's a lot of good things about keto if done right. So that's right. Yeah. Okay. Carnivore diet, especially our boy, Paul Saladino all over social media, calling stuff BS. Of course, now it looks like he's added in some fruit, but maybe like a carnivore meat based sort of diet. What are your thoughts on that? Pros and cons, especially for every, all, all the guys ready to try this diet. Yes, I get this all the time. The like carnivore diet is the only way. And mm-hmm. he's probably one of those that are like, this is it. This is the only way, guys. <laughs> like, everybody should be a carnivore. And I go, oh, no. Because, ev- like I said, everyone is made up genetically different. <clears throat> and so eating all of that animal-based protein 
and not getting any fiber, like fiber is super important for gut health, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and meat is only feeding, like I said, only feeding certain uh, bacteria in the gut. Mm -hmm. And not everyone has enzymes to digest and break down the nutrients from from protein. So if all you're eating, you know, protein can't really exist without fat. And so you're Mm -hmm. eating a lot of protein and fat, which is great in some ways, but you're missing out a lot on um, the good fiber that's going to balance your blood glucose, um, feed good bacteria, help your brain health. um, And they'll have a, um, they'll have a reason for it for everything. So, you know, that's right. So you just have to remember that you're an individual that yes, you can kind of explain away everything in a in a carnivore diet of why you should eat carnivore, but I've seen different people do the carnivore diet and some do really well and some do terrible, like terribly. They just like their gut is not happy (laughs) and um, they, it doesn't work with their genetic makeup. So, but then I've seen a lot of people who um, may have had like really complex issues that no doctor could figure out and they've done a carnivore diet and they're magically better. So they're, they must have the genetic makeup to be able to handle that. So blood type has a lot to do with it too. It's really interesting. Oh, really? The blood type. So type O is usually more of that meat eater type A is more of a vegetarian. So there's all these things that you can kind of like throw in there to go. Yeah. Maybe this isn't for me. So. (laughs) Yeah. And that goes back to this idea of paying attention to your own body. Mm -hmm. Don't follow a formula. Um, You know, that's, that's a big challenge with all the, the the abundance of information out there, but that's sort of why it's important to educate yourself, why podcasts are helpful, Mm -hmm. why seeing an actual professional and not just following the latest TikTok advice Um, It's always a great idea. Mm -hmm. All right, last diet. Um, My favorite diet in high school, okay? I'll just, full disclosure. The bodybuilding diet, sort of the high protein, moderate, no fat, moderate to high carb, chicken breast, rice, um, no salt. (laughs) I'm just trying to get ripped diet. 1,700 calories, 2,000 calories. What do you think of something like that? Short-term, long-term, pros, cons. Right. Yeah. Um, So pros are a lot of us um, that I, a lot of people that I work with too, don't eat enough protein. And we need more protein the older we get. And we always think when our younger, our kids or the younger generation needs more protein because they're so Mm -hmm. active, but we actually need more and more protein as we get older. And so from that aspect, like it's good if um, we're really focused on getting enough protein and um, that those proteins are building blocks to they're you know, made up of amino acids and those amino acids are what make up neurotransmitters. So it does affect your, your mood and your motivation and your affect, all of that. Um, But what are your goals? So if you're going to put your body through that stress for a time and that's what you want to do and you for the end goal of um, being ripped, being in a bodybuilding competition, whatever it is, 
Um, I think short term, maybe your body can handle that. Most, you know, most people that are in that frame of mind um, takes a lot of discipline that they can get to that point where, you know, they have that end goal, but then it's pretty like addictive too. <laughs> like we're just going to keep <laughs> going with that. That works really well, but then you're missing out on a lot of diversity too. So, um, you know, a lot of times you're, you have your specific meat that you're eating and your specific carbs, and there's not a lot of variation going on in that. So, you know, there's a, in the CrossFit world, paleo was yeah. you know, a huge deal and right. still is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you take it one step in that direction of just a paleo diet, like that works really well for, for a lot of people and it, and it doesn't work for some. So some of us are carb burners and some of us are fat burners and we're all, we're all different. So it's kind of fun to figure that out. Like what? That's good what you tolerate and what you don't like. I wore a continuous glucose monitor for a month to kind of see like what's my body type. And, Mm -hmm. um, it was eye opening and, um, yeah, everybody's different. It's so true. Everybody's so different. Yeah. And I think if you were to take away anything just from this podcast or anything is that you're unique, you've Mm -hmm. been made unique and, Mm -hmm you know, all, there's all sorts of different ways to, to get to a a healthy version of yourself. And Mm -hmm. so it's going to take some time and research and there's going to be some elbow grease involved in figuring out what works for you and what doesn't. You may fail, Mm -hmm. but, but don't quit. Make sure that you're giving your best effort to figure out because no one is going to care more about your health than you are. And that's very important to remember and understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And different seasons require different things too for your body and your health. So knowing that that could change, you know, when you're older or as opposed to when you were younger, you have different nutritional needs and, and different exercise needs and, you know, all these things change throughout life. So it's interesting to see kind of, and look at someone's stage of life. That's right. Yeah. Hormones change over time. (laughs) The pre-baby, post-baby for women. Um, you know, testosterone is going to, you know, trail off as you get old. There's just so Mm -hmm. many different variables for people. And so taking a, taking a random diet and going, yes, this is the way is just, it oftentimes leads you just down such a weird path. Yeah. Yeah. And to know that you probably can't stay on that type of diet. Mm -hmm. I always help people to, to come up with a lifestyle diet that's super sustainable, that, um, is doable, nothing like crazy. Let's just, let's do even like an elimination diet and figure out what are your trigger foods. And then we can build a lifestyle diet off of that. Something Mm. that is sustainable for you. And of course you're going to be so much more successful if it's sustainable. And, um, you see the changes in your mental and physical health. It's just, yeah, it's so cool to see when people start eating whole foods, how they wake up, it's like they've been in this slumber and then they're like oh my goodness like I feel so much better like it's just so cool I'm like yeah that that's how like God intended us to eat is to eat these whole foods for real yeah go figure I know the way the way God made you is important Mm -hmm. and you interact with food the way he's designed you to do and you move the way he's designed you to do and things start to work out really well Mm -hmm. which is Awesome. Crystal, 
Where can people find you online? Where can they hear more about, about what you're doing? Yeah, you can check out um, my website. It's waytowellness.health. So um, you can check that one out. That's also my handle name for Instagram is waytowellness.health. Um, yeah, that's probably the best way. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So waytowellness.health. So what's that? Go ahead. So go ahead. Oh, I said I work at a naturopath clinic too. I see patients there. I'm in Bellevue, Washington. So I don't know who's local or not, but I also see clients um, all over the U.S., even the world sometimes. It's kind of fun. Um, see people uh, to do like an initial assessment consultation for like an hour and just go through all the different systems of their body and their timeline and then come up with a nutrition plan for them and um can do like specific testing too so yeah amazing so i'll throw all of the relevant links in the show notes for people if you guys are listening or watching and that's interesting to you i'll throw all those in there Mm -hmm. um but yeah thank you so much for being on the show crystal this was really fun yeah it was thanks a lot of course um that's it for us today guys i appreciate you listening or watching if this was interesting to you uh share it with a friend uh you can also like subscribe on youtube and uh, follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Music, all of that different stuff. But until the next time, uh, thanks for being with us. One more thing. The statements in this video or audio have not been evaluated by the FDA, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Information provided here is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The information provided by this website and or by this podcast is not a substitute for a physician visit and should not be taken as medical advice of any sort or kind. This is a list of resources for further self-research and work with your personal physician if needed. By using any of this information, by watching, listening, or reading it, you are accepting responsibility for your own health and health decisions and expressly release this podcast, its participants, and its websites from any and all liability whatsoever, including that which might come from negligence. Also, don't smoke cigarettes, don't do drugs, stay in school, don't touch hot surfaces, and please wear your safety glasses when cutting wood.